Welcome to the Lifting Lessons at Lunch, hosted by Calvary Baptist Church of Statham, Georgia. My name is Matt Dibler, and I have the great privilege of pastoring Calvary Baptist Church. This podcast can be heard every Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock. And now, here is our speaker for today. Hello, and welcome to today's Lifting Lessons at Lunch. I hope you've had a great Friday so far. We're looking forward to looking into God's Word again together today as we continue our study in Revelation. Today we're going to be in Revelation chapter 3. We've already studied uh, the church at Sardis last week, and today we're going to be looking at the church of Philadelphia. So if you will, read with me in verses 7 through 13. It says, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept thy word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from an hour, the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world, to try them that dwelleth upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go on no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So we have the church at Philadelphia here. We know what Philadelphia means because of uh, the city that we all know here in America, in in, uh, Pennsylvania. Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love, right? So in this uh, instance, we're looking at the city of Philadelphia, and it's talking about brotherly love, but just brotherly love is not enough. Now, we know that Christ commands us to love one another, right? We're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves. We're supposed to love and provide for our neighbors and our brothers and our sisters, but is that enough? We're supposed to love our brothers and sisters with the kind of love that Christ loves us with. We're supposed to love our brothers and sisters enough that we would tell them about the good news of Jesus Christ, that we would share the gospel of Jesus with them so that they too can have the opportunity to know what it's like to experience God's love. This church wanted to reach the lost, and they have plenty of opportunity. We know that the city of Philadelphia was a gateway to Rome. So a lot of people traveled through this area, and this church had a massive opportunity to reach great amounts of people. They wanted to reach the lost, and they had plenty of opportunity. Jesus describes himself in the beginning of this, this letter. I always think it's interesting how he describes himself before he talks um, in the rest of the letter, but he describes himself as being he that is holy and he that is true. This is because he's not only holy, but he's the only God. He, he is true. His, his word is true, and we can rest on that. 
He also describes himself as he that hath the key of David. Jesus, God, is the only one who could lead Israel. He's the only one who has the key of David. And he also has the key of death and hell. Christ is the one who opens doors. He's the one who shuts doors. And he's described here in verse 7 as he that openeth the door and no man shutteth. No one can do anything about it. When he shuts a door, no one can do anything about it. No man can open it. So he is the only one that can do that. So what's the significance of this description in this passage? Well, we just kind of made it, made reference to it. The fact that this was a gateway city to the city of Rome tells us that there were a lot of people in and out here. God had opened a great door of opportunity for this church. And this church had to see the opportunity and seize on it. This was not an opportunity that any man could close. Because God opens doors that no man can shut, this was an open door to reach lost people. God is in control of the harvest. And he had given the opportunity to this church to spread the gospel. But there's an issue that was mentioned in verse 8. It says, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For that thou hast a little strength. So we know from what God tells us here in this letter that this was not a great and mighty church. This was possibly a smaller church or a church that didn't have much strength. But yet they had such an open door, such a great opportunity to share God's word. Although they were not strong, they were faithful. As God mentioned again in verse 8, it says at the end of the verse there, and has kept my word and has not denied my name. So they were doing the things that they were supposed to do and they were representing God well in the community because they had not denied his name and had kept his word. It's not about the size of the ministry when we're talking about completing God's word. If it was just the size of the ministry, then how could the disciples have done anything? They had Jesus in their midst and they were described by someone on the outside as they that turned the world upside down. So it's not about the size. It's not about the numbers. You know, our church may not have, you know, 1,200 members like some other churches, but we can still be just as effective. God has still given us an open door so that we could minister to people in our community, so that we could help people in our community, so that we can show the love of Christ outside of the walls of our church. They are given a promise here, several promises that God gives them. If, you're, if you'll do the right things, if you continue in what I've given you to do, he tells them what he'll do. First of all, he's going to take care of their enemies. It says in verse 9, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. So he said, he's saying, look, these people may be prospering right now, but at some point their lie is going to come to fruition. They are going to come and they are going to worship before thy feet, and they're going to know that I have loved you. Now God loves everybody. We know that. God died for everyone in the world, right? Jesus suffered and, and gave himself on the cross for the world. It was not just for you and I, but these people will know that God loves even this small, weak con congregation as the, as the Bible describes them, them here. They're going to know that Jesus loves them. They're going to know that God know, that God loves them. So he was going to take care of their enemies. The second promise is that he would keep them from the tribulation. 
Um, he said in uh, verse 10, it says, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. So he was going to save them from the, from the tribulation to keep them from this time of temptation. This promises that they would not have to go through these things. And thankfully, as the church, as those of us who know Christ as our Savior, we know that he is going to come back for his bride, for his church before the time of the tribulation starts. So we can rest easy in that. We can take encouragement in the fact that we're not going to have to go through this time of tribulation. We'll be raptured before this happens. The third promise is honor from God. We see in verses 11 and 12, Behold, I come quickly. That's a promise that we should hold to every day. As this world gets worse and worse, we know that Jesus is saying, Behold, I come quickly. Now, we, it may not be tomorrow. I hope it is. It could be in the next breath that I take. It could be 150 years from now. Who knows? But God still says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast that no man take thy crown. Stay true to what you're supposed to be doing. Use this open door of opportunity that I've given you. Don't let some other man steal your crown. Don't be denying me in front of other people or going back on the things that you're supposed to be doing. Stay strong. Hold fast to that thing which thou hast. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. He shall go on no more. He shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. So he's going to give him his new name as it, to those that overcome. A lot of times we see open doors, and sometimes we see doors that we feel like are closed, but maybe are open. Just because there's some obstacles or there's something that we feel like is standing in our way when God's given us open doors of opportunity. We don't have to wait for a, 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 an unction from the Holy Spirit or, or a nudge or uh, we don't have to pray about witnessing to people. God has given us a mandate here. God has given us a command. We're supposed to go into the world. We're supposed to... Uh, teach and, and preach the gospel of Christ and we're supposed to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all these things. We're supposed to do those things. We always look for open doors and say, well, God didn't tell me to witness to that person. God's given us an open door. God's told us what we're supposed to do. Sometimes we need to look at these things as opportunities instead of obstacles. Sometimes we create, we experience a little bit of resistance when we're trying to witness to somebody or when God's calling us to go somewhere or to do something, sometimes we experience some resistance, but instead of seeing the obstacles, we should be seeing opportunities. The trying of our patience, that is a good thing. God wants to try our patience. We're supposed to be building faith and building trust in God. These are opportunities, not obstacles. If we miss opportunities, we lose rewards. This will make us ashamed when we stand before God. Wouldn't it be a shame to stand before God and say, I wish I had done more? God's given us an open door. We have to walk through it. We have to be faithful. We have to stand true. We have to not deny his name. We have to keep his word. We have to make sure that everything that we're doing, that we're holding fast 
to the things that we have. God said, if you do these things, you're going to receive the reward. Now, we're not working for our salvation. I'm not doing anything to try to earn my salvation, but the fact that I am saved, the fact that Jesus loved me so much to sacrifice himself, to go through the humiliation, the beating, all of the things that he went through, and ultimately his death on the cross, just for me, who am I to say that I can't witness to my friend or my neighbor or my cousin or my aunt or my uncle or the person that I just met on the side of the road? God's given us an open door. The fields are wide unto harvest. He needs laborers. That's us. We are the laborers. Will you be faithful to go? Will you be faithful to to go through this open door that God has given us and spread the gospel, the good news, so that others can know the joy that we have as Christians, so that others can know what it's like to have peace, of God and peace with God. I hope this has been a challenge for you. I hope that we will all take this to heart, meditate on these things, and then we'll begin to spread the gospel as we should. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Friday. We look forward to worshiping with you on Sunday. God bless you.